4: is traveling to the draft. Welcome. (laughs) Hell no, we're not. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. You know, I had the the good fortune of spending Easter Sunday, a part of it, with Lakeisha and uh, her mother, uh, Nana, as we call her, and Link. That was very nice. It was great to see. Now, you know, it' it was Easter weekend. We hope everybody that celebrates had a good one. And uh, I actually for the first time, was trying to explain the, the basics of what Easter is to the boys beyond um, the Easter Bunny, which is the only thing that matters in their world and this idea of Jesus and God was the Father and how Jesus died. And the boys naturally ask, well, if God is Jesus' father, why was he why, would, why did he die? And then that gets me thinking about Wes and how how did that happen? Such a good person go, and then you get to see Link on Sunday and see him happy and holding Easter eggs, and my boys showing uh, Link how to find eggs, and oh, it was nice, boys. I have. To
1: I saw some photos of Link dressed up in the little bunny costume, and I am I. It, it is not an overstatement to say he's one of the most. Um, majestically cute babies <laughs> I've ever he witnessed. Is. I really. It's also just having spent a little time with him, his eyes when he looks at you, but that's cool. Um, you dove into the, th- the theology side of things. I think you did a, a pretty little bit. good job with your summary there. Uh, you <laughs> might've missed a few little pointers, but it's tough to get wrap your head around that when you're like five years well, old. That's,
4: that's for the theology podcast, sure. Mark. And if we're right. gonna do a deep dive on the Son of God, uh, that's something that we need to <laughs> unpack in full over several <laughs> hours, I would guess.
5: Yeah, Link um, looks more like Chris, I think, every day. Um, you just you just see it. And uh, Chris's brother Phil sent us a picture of Chris dressed up as a mailman. I believe it was for Halloween, or maybe it was just for fun. Why not dress up as a mailman as a little as a little boy? And I could just you can just see you can see Link, uh, you can see Link's face in Wes. And um, that that same uh, Easter question came up in my house too, Dan, which is even more complicated. Uh, cause you know, my kids went <laughs> right. to a Methodist church for preschool. And so I, I was like, you know, you learned, you learned there sure. like what that was, God, and, the stuff, ropes. And, she, and I said, Jesus. And she's like, the, he's the one with the beard. Right. I was like, yeah, that's. That's him, um, but it is it is. I'm like this is the day he came back. Well, where was he? Okay, well it's I little, like the idea of Greg, ever,
4: ever the contrarian. Like Jesus, he's the one with the beard, and Greg's like, well, we don't really know if We're he had a beard sure or not. not sure he had a beard. It's just the way he's portrayed
1: <laughs> <knows>? in art <laughs> and aesthetically. Right. Anyway, but it was <laughs> so
4: great. Yep, and, that, it. and then you know, again, this is not the theology podcast, but you don't know where Wes is right now. Uh, but the one thing we do know is that Link was in the backyard yesterday, and it, and Wes is all over his face, and it's just like Wes is here. He's here on this earth uh, in his son, and that is that was we've talked about L- with Lakeisha, like the miracle of that that small gap where Wes got sick, he got better, and in that gap he got married, and Link came into the world, and then sadly Wes left, but the boy is here, and uh, he's our responsibility in a lot of ways to help mm-hmm. raise because west unfortunately can't do it so oh man it was nice though um welcome to the podcast big show coming up i actually after i had a couple titos hanging out uh with the Weslings, i texted the boys uh uh mark and greg and said hey would you indulge me and uh, let us have a little jet segment uh, a formal jet segment. All segments sometimes become jet segments on the show, and I apologize <laughs> for that. But this one is going to be uh, a Jets-related one with the number two overall pick. They're in the catbird seat, a lot of people feel, with this draft. And where are they going to go with that pick, and where is Sam Darnold going to go? Rich Cimini, one of my favorites uh, in the history of NFL beat reporting, uh, will be on the show a little bit later. Uh, but before that, let's do some news.
0: Um... April Fools.
3: Come on, man.
0: The Gap is here to stay for a little while. Not going anywhere anytime soon. So, April Fools, everybody.
1: Mark, one word. Disgrace. (laughs) Stop. Well, you know, something that you've been real hot on over the last week um, as we entered April was the concept of, like, poorly done April Fool's Day's jokes. And I I couldn't be more um, in agreement with you that this prank began before April Fool's, taking us all to a totally different world, thinking like, you know, your friend with the gap tooth suddenly feeling he's being, you know, edged out and doesn't have someone to look up to. Mm -hmm. It was all a fraud. Um, I didn't find it that (laughs) hilarious. Um, You know, these April Fool's jokes, a lot of them are real
5: suspect. I mean, I. On one hand, I'm with you. On the other hand, the, it, most of people annoyed at April Fool's is just because they fell for it. I mean, it, immediately half the responses <laughs> to right. this tweet was April Fool. Isn't it true? As you're, you were hurt a little bit. It was incredibly well, successful. You know, was we it March
1: 29th or something, though. That's right. Sort of it was, an yeah, issue. it
5: was the 30th, I think, or 29th. And you're right, but a lot of people were responding saying April Fool's. I was like, it couldn't be right because it was an ad and it's a paid ad and all this stuff um but more power to strahan he got paid a lot of money to not fix his teeth like he got paid a lot of money to do an april food because it was still a paid ad are we talking they, they, about a, you
4: are you still talking about the
5: paid aspect of well, i'm, I'm obsessed saying with this but i'm just saying that's the only reason he did it it's not like strahan was like i'm gonna have some fun with the guys no this this company presented like a $500,000 thing you can do and you're going to get a lot of attention and this and that. And here's what we're going to do. And he did it. And, uh, we all fell for it and, uh, well, hang go. on, slow down. Not now. everyone. A lot of people slow were in down. my mentions on the minute it happened saying it was fake. So I guess people slow were onto here. It.
4: it. Yes. I guess we quote unquote fell for it. But if, if, it, if you're doing an April fool's prank before April fools, it goes beyond prank. And is just lying. He lied. And, you know, I got banged in the biggest of all spots because we did like 19 minutes on the podcast uh, last week on it. But you know what? If you're going to do an April Fool's joke to really be a craftsman, to be someone who understands the nature of it and to really be skillful at it, you that's cheating. That's like starting a right. race and getting a three-second head start.
1: Right. Why should we not take him at his word on March 29th or whatever it was? If it were on April first, it's like okay, we t- this is clearly. What if it was on like
5: June fifteenth and he just did it as a prank? That would be okay. <laughs> it's no different.
1: It's a little dirty. I don't. It's the 8th, know. June fifteenth, March
4: thirtieth is all the same because it's not. But anyway, for the record, and you know, it's not I'm in the always. I'm hot about Strahan because of the sack record. Now you got this on top of it. I'm doing it, Ricky. I declare vengeance on Michael Strahan. Mm. I don't like that. You know, I just you you you, you know I, I'm trying to be positive in the world and, 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 and not be, you know, so negative of things. But in this case, I have to, I declare Mm it.
5: What that means nebulose. I mean, he, he deserves some bad luck. He's been on a winning streak like no other. Remember when it was him versus Tiki? Yes. I mean, that was, that was how (laughs) make Michael Strahan came to the national consciousness was a schism in the locker room and all of New York uh, took Tiki Barber's side at the time a little bit, which is funny to think about in, in retrospect. retrospect. They are yeah. like, I don't know about the Strahan guy. All right, let's get to
4: some news. Vengeance has been declared upon Michael Strahan in the biggest of all spots. Uh, Deshaun Watson, it is now really when you look at the big picture of everything and what this, who this player is and where he stacks up in the landscape of top quarterbacks in the league and where his standing was with his team and where he could be going. The fact that it is all in the back burner uh, with a civil lawsuits 20 of them and now a criminal investigation this is sadly the biggest story of the off season the houston police department has opened an investigation on deshaun watson uh, a jane doe has officially filed a police report on watson that leads to the police department now launching an investigation into the allegations uh so we'll see where that goes um what that means for his immediate future as a player, we don't know. But Greg, just the fact that there is now an active criminal investigation could open the door uh, for a move by the NFL that takes Watson off the field, no matter where he ends up.
5: Yeah, I think it raises that chance. And I don't even think it was necessary for him to potentially be suspended, Uh, but it opens up the possibility of a commissioner's exempt lift. The, The NFL has seemed to, make some sort of separation between a civil case and, and a criminal case. And so now Watson's playing, facing both. And, and a lot of people will say, well, this has to play out. That That's absolutely true. But even like Ben Roethlisberger who ultimately was not, you know, convicted of anything was suspended um, after all that play out. And it took a long time, but that's just, so that's just something to keep in mind with what's probably the most similar case with a high profile quarterback.
1: Yeah. I just, I mean, you know, I think where we were six weeks ago with this or whatever, and where we are now that it's, you know, I, people reach out to us and say, why didn't you take a stronger stance on this or that? It's like, you really do. I mean, I think day by day have to let the, the facts come in. And I'm at the point now where just as a human being, I'm looking at the fact that he, um, I think that just someone, someone pointed out that idea that someone would visit so many different, um, massage therapists is just a little 40. weird. Like there's, yeah. right, there's just something about that, that, that is, um, unusual, especially unusual for athletes, um, according to people that would, that are in the know. So, you know, it starts to just stand out more and more to me, um, as something that could deeply impact, uh, you know, his career and it impacted. if there were the, if all of this is, is, is as stated, um, there's just an incredible list of victims. It that, is. It's so
5: disappointing, right? right. I mean, it's disappointing in a way because it's uh, Deshaun Watson. And we don't need to get too deep, but I do think that Jenny Vrentas' article in MMQB was a case of reporting that I think is going to have an impact in the NFL offices, among other places, too, because that was not from a woman that was looking for any uh, financial enumeration or anything right. like that. It was just, uh, it was just reporting. That really and
1: stood out to me too. I'm with you, Greg, and I think that it's it's just shifted where um, this is potentially very, very serious, and the we'll
5: hang on and see.
4: Um, Greg, you had mentioned Nick Casario in a recent podcast interview with Albert Breer.
5: Yeah, he he was on last week with Breer, and you know Albert Breer, who I think has is pretty tied in with Casario from their days in new England together um you know thought that Casario was making a pointed pivot in how he was addressing Watson whereas in the past he basically was saying we're not listening that's our quarterback we're not we're not he's going to be our quarterback that's how they were playing it publicly and now when he was asked about it last Monday he said we're gonna have to look at all options you know this is essentially saying that this is a different situation and what, what that remains to be, you know, what happens with that? We'll see. But it Breer, who seems pretty tied into maybe how they, they could possibly be feeling thought they'd, that they'd be more open now, um, because of this, uh, to him whether that was before or after the draft, who knows? All right.
4: In other news, Aaron Rodgers uh, spoke to ESPN in a video interview. He had this to say
2: so far. It's definitely been my team. I said, I said last year, uh, I didn't know if that was actually possible uh to, to be able to finish there. I still feel like that's that's kinda of where we're at. I mean I don't I don't know that a lot of that's in my hands, but um I guess we'll just we'll kinda of see as we go.
4: It's so different though, you know, the difference, Mark, between where Aaron Rodgers was after the draft draft last year to where he is now. He's coming from a position of power. He's the reigning MVP. So you don't feel him speaking defensively here, rather more like, hey, that's something they got to figure out. I'm cool. If they want to keep the MVP, that's good for them. If they want to get me out of here, I'm going to make someone great. Uh, you, it feels different with Rodgers now.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I, think last year felt, um, you know, I, the, there people that know him knew felt that he was genuinely annoyed, but he is in a position of internal power and external power. He's also signed through 2023, and there were no whispers at any point during the year that anything anyone saw from Jordan Love, even in Packers practices, would suggest that you deep six the MVP for him. I mean, I think he's just sort of being philosophical about it. Anything could happen, and, and we're in an environment now where like, the idea of a big-name quarterback leaving team A for team B was prohibitive for so long. It just seems like it's in the air. It's more possible for people like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers than ever before, but I don't take I It doesn't, to me, it's like, cool, let's see what happens. But I don't like, it doesn't shake my foundation um, as a football analyst or fan that anything's going to happen anytime soon. I mean, last season should have completely taken that mystery out of it.
5: Mm, yeah. And he, he's doing media cause he's hosting jeopardy the next two weeks starting, Monday, the day we're taping this. And uh, so he has to answer these questions. I don't think he's going out of his way to, but I do think the way he answers them um, is in such a way that the Packers, by adding some guaranteed money to uh, to his contract, by adding essentially another year of guaranteed money maybe at the least, would maybe have him answering these questions differently. If that's important to the Packers, I think – and i kind of think it will be i think they'll address it in the summertime between usually these things happen between otas and, and training camp speaking of aaron Rodgers and jeopardy hit it ricky
4: and now here is the guest host of jeopardy aaron rogers
5: thank you johnny
0: gilbert welcome to jeopardy as a lifelong fan of jeopardy it is an incredible honor to guest host now i've had the opportunity to do a lot of amazing things but winning celebrity jeopardy and getting to share the stage with the legend alex trebek is something i will never forget alex was such a gentleman so smart so precise i was in awe and i will work hard to honor his legacy scott
5: brandon joe beth let's get into the jeopardy round with these categories
4: <laughs> that the first episode of alex trebek on jeopardy which i love jeopardy i've always loved jeopardy and uh, it was very sad That evil uh, bastard, the Big C, um, got Alex Trebek uh, earlier this year or late last year, and now they have had uh, they've been putting different uh, guest hosts in there. That's actually the first time, and and he did a nice job with it. But I actually got the vibe that Aaron Rodgers was nervous, and I imagine that for anybody, even a guy as cool as Aaron Rodgers is, and he's kind of famous for being like cool under pressure. Uh, you could see it, a the, the bit of a nervous shuffle to him. Maybe, you know, a little nervous a little nervous. farts popped out there on the way to the uh, main stage. I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: Well, I mean, also, I'd say like Trebek certainly had reps. And by the time we, you know, were watching Jeopardy, Trebek, it was like, you know, basically making a cup of coffee for him. But I think he was a little nervous. I still think he did a really good job. I think you'll see him get better. This is Aaron Rodgers. I bet he gets a lot better um, from episode to episode. I would more say, th- what if you're like a Packers fan, who has been installed as a guest on Jeopardy, um, how, my performance would suffer because I'd be like, I'm not <laughs> dealing, Trebek would be surreal to begin with. But like, what if you were a f- huge football fan and you're fielding these questions from Aaron Rodgers? Like we've, you know, go back to win West's toaster, even trying to um, win stuff on the fly. It's a whole different world and you need the most calm environment you can mm. get. He's going to jack some people up. What was her name? Joe <laughs> Beth? I wonder what Joe Beth is thinking.
5: <laughs> yeah, handling the pressure, I think has got to be a huge maybe the biggest part of being be a jeopardy. I'm with you. I was thinking of Aaron. Aaron Rodgers not seemed like the type to be watching the social media clips. But when I was watching that, I was imagining myself as Aaron Rodgers and being like, oh, couldn't you pick something from the second week? You know, <laughs> I'm sure I had a bunch of good jokes in the second week. That was like my cold open to the whole thing when, I'm, when I was definitely nervous.
4: That, yeah, that's like if, uh, what's the uh, award that we're nominated for? The Omni? I don't know what it is anymore. I forgot but imagine if they said, oh, yeah, you have to send one episode to the Omnis uh, for the nomination. It's like, oh, yeah, send the first episode from July <laughs> 2013. Right. It's like, no, 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 no. Under no circumstances are you to do right. something like that. Um, anyway, good luck. Good luck to Rogers. I will be watching it. It's on the DVR, actually, a DVR Jeopardy. And I thought Dr. Oz did tremendous work in his guest hosting stint just FYI. Oh,
5: please. That guy's a quack. I can't believe I, they listen, gave him that uh,
4: That's fine. Platform. I'm not talking about anything COVID-related or anything else. I'm just saying he did a very nice job in the Jeopardy chair. That's all. In other news, we know the international series is building up in the NFL. All 32 teams are going to play an international game in the next decade. Uh, we've seen games in Mexico City. We've seen them in London. And German Germany is up next. Deutschland! As they say. Uh, German games coming soon, maybe as soon as 2022. And you know what that means, boys. We have a a fervent audience overseas, including in the Deutschland.
5: Perhaps we're going to get to go
2: there. That sounds nice.
5: Yeah, that should be the new hashtag. On to Berlin or on to Germany. We don't know if it'll be in Berlin. But yeah, Peter King reported that. That basically, I think they're hoping... You know, four minimum international games a year that I I think one's going to be Mexico and one's going to be Germany. There actually might be uh, the UK fans might be a little upset because there might be fewer UK games potentially just doing the math that maybe there's only going to be two or or three. They could have more than four, but I'm excited. The ratings like in Germany for football is really high. A lot of people fly in from Germany uh, to see those UK games. Uh, I'm first generation, you know. my uh, My dad was born in Germany, so send me to the homeland. Bring me back. Your dad well, was born in Germany. That is a newsflash. Developing news. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. My my brother is a German citizen. Weirdly enough, because you could you could fill out some paperwork for, uh, as part of reparations. You know, he. You know, my dad was a Jew ju- born pretty deep into World War II in Germany. So they. They did but did, did they flee during They they were able to get out in 1941. Wow. That's Why would a you not story?
1: Why would you not be allowed to be a citizen too just your brother?
5: Oh no, I could have I could have gone through it. It's it was like a multi-year a lot of work process. He then was my, thinking of my living there. Question, I don't know what the benefits would be totally. Well, my yeah.
1: follow-up question would be, you want to be the <laughs> the ambassador to the German game, but you're you had a chance to become a citizen
5: and you it's not like they were calling my cell phone. It. I mean, my my brother investigated this, and you know he found something out, and he put he put in the hard work. He's he's stayed he spent a lot of time over there and stuff. I I have not done that, but I want to go. Well,
1: to I, by the way, I was there just a few years ago, so if you need any pointers at all, no, no,
5: we're sending no the whole again. pod. We're sending the whole pod. We're not
1: doing all right. This play only. the
4: marketing room clip.
1: No, no, no. But I mean, here's the other thing. Like, not everyone. So, are you going to? Would any? Would we take any pains to learn? the german language um or do we just roll in there assuming everyone just cozies up and speaks our version of english
3: <laughs>
5: so you
1: want You're us to be to fluent prepare. by the time we get well, there? well it's different than going to england where it's like hey we're up on stage I, and we all speak the same it's like you know you go to germany you point. can't just assume that everyone is going to be like we'll speak the king's english to make these you know chaps from uh los angeles comfortable during their stay here I mean, we've also not been invited yet, but...
4: It just doesn't seem realistic that the three of us are going to speak fluent German by the time of these games. (laughs) So maybe we need to find out how... Because I know uh, King's English, as you put it, for a lot of countries, is a sec- second language. I don't know if it's got big pop in Germany. If, if our audience there,
5: obviously they know English if they're a fan of our show. So we should have a pocket. Yeah, let uh, us I let us know. Big pop.
1: We just need to know how much. Let's hear from the
5: German listeners. Maybe yeah. we'll just bring like Sebastian Vollmer around with us everywhere. He seems very involved. Um, with the international NFL efforts, you know, former Patriots. Henry right has tackled, all these answers. He can, he can just escort us and translate, and, and it would be cool to have, like, a 6'11 German dude with us the whole time. And obviously the I halftime
4: can... show has to be the band that does the Keeping Up With Bowring Ringer song. I don't think there's any question, like, who it has to be German Coldplay. Uh, That's what's happening in the news. All right, up next, yes, we're talking with Rich Samini, the state of the Jets, and full disclosure, um, right after we finished this interview, uh, the Sam Darnold news went down. So check out this interview with Rich Samini, where we talk about it. It actually sets it up nicely, boys, with some context of what the decision was in front of the Jets. And on the back end of this conversation, we'll dig in on the trade details of Sam Darnold going to the Panthers. And now a very special guest, one of my absolute Favorites uh, as, as a Jets fan, he is the source uh, for me for Jets reporting and just knowing what's going on with the team. And now he joins the Around the NFL podcast, maybe for the first time ever. I'm not sure. Rich Samini, welcome to the show.
2: <laughs> yes, I'm a rookie. So, uh, oh. <laughs> first time ever. Thanks for having me, guys.
4: I have, so- <laughs> I have to say, I've met Rich multiple times. He's helped me out with some stuff I've written in the past. And I always kiss the ring when I see Rich at the combine. Uh, he's a New York guy. I think you you're a Hall of Famer, and your your local high school is that, yeah. so, is that so as well. That's a big one. Yeah,
2: crazy, right? But uh, no, I've read your Jet stuff, Dan. I know I could feel the passion and the you no, know, the frustration comes pouring out in some of your writing.
4: I know, I know. I try not to, but Mark Mark gets it. It's hard to hold it all inside. And 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 Rich, like. This is a fascinating, fascinating time in Jets history, of course. And it, it also feel it's the whiff of um, you're thinking of three years ago because it, it was supposed to be Sam was Sam Darnold was supposed to be the reboot of this team and everything was supposed to be going upward from there. Does feel like we lost three years and, mm-hmm. and now the Jets are trying to figure it out again. And the, and the 49ers make that blockbuster trade 10 days ago to get to number three. A lot of people connecting dots. Well, if the Jets aren't involved with that trade, they must be locked and loaded on Zach Wilson. Is that how you see it as we approach draft day? You
2: know, it's funny. Uh, last, for a few days ago on Friday, I was having a conversation with a scout who lives in the Western part of the country. And I usually go to him with quarterback questions because he's, that's his area of expertise. And I was, I was talking to the scout the other day and he goes, weren't you asking me the same questions three years ago? You know, when <laughs> and, and Rosen and Josh Allen were coming out. And I said, you're absolutely right. Deja vu all over again. Uh, Yeah, I mean, here we are again, and uh, I certainly think the Jets will be replacing Sam Darnold with a draft pick, and I do believe uh, everything I've heard is that Zach Wilson will be that pick at at number two.
5: Mm. Do
2: you um,
5: think when you're looking at Wilson or what you've heard about Wilson as a prospect, sometimes that he is a little reminiscent of Sam Darnold, too, as a prospect, where like maybe the weaknesses – you know, not as many snaps as a call as a college quarterback um, can miss some throws like the crazy arm, the crazy athleticism. Like when I when I've heard people talk about him, and I'm not like a draft Nick. He kind of reminds me of Darnold coming out as a prospect, which if if only just because it's the Jets would maybe like freak me out slightly.
2: <laughs> they are really similar. In fact, one of the throws that Zach made in his pro day that that rolling left fade away throwing to the right hash, which was an incredible throw, was was similar to some of Darnold's throws that he's made in his career. And they're there's the same in that you know they're they're they can make the off platform throws. They can use different arm angles. That's what everyone was talking about with Sam when he came out. And uh, you know there are some similarities. You know it's it's an intriguing decision. It. In all my years of covering the Jets, and and that's many, as Dan would attest to, uh, I think this is the most polarizing decision that they've had mm. to make. Just in terms of, I think the fan base is completely split. You know, you have half let's keep Sam and build around him, and the other half is ready to move on and draft someone else. So, as a journalist, it makes for great copy and talking points. You know, for a few few months leading up. I to guess. The-
1: my when I look at the Jets, I mean, in Sam Darnold, is there a tougher quarterback to really evaluate? Um, the wreckage that he's been through the past couple of years. So much of it feels like I don't really put that on Sam yeah. Darnold. And if you're the Jets, um, and we're talking about the similarities between him and Zach Wilson, is it more just in a matter of uh, we have to move on um, and refresh the quarterback position? But more than we're certain that Sam Darnold, we've seen the best of. How can they really like ascertain? who Sam Darnold is at this point uh, as a player in terms of being put in the right system, in the right position, especially with like the new offensive group they've got coming in. I mean, you think you get a much better version of Sam Darnold. You could sell that draft pick for so much. I just yeah. wonder if there's any thought to that, maybe keeping him and pulling a stunner.
2: Mm. Yeah, personally, that's, I've been kind of vocal about that. I know I've been annoying some Jet fans. That's what I would do. I would keep Sam and, and and bet on him in this new offense, a very quarterback-friendly offense. We've seen what Shanahan could do with it. Now they have Mike LaFleur as the OC. Uh, it'll be better coaching. I feel he wasn't coached well the last two years. He regressed under Adam Gase. You saw at the end of Sam's rookie year, when he was in a similar type system under Jeremy Bates, you know, he showed promise at the end of that year. He went toe to toe in a couple of games with Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson at the end of the year. And there was reason to hope. But since then, he's, it's been a decline. And, I'm not making excuses for the guy. He has not been a good quarterback over the last three years. In fact, he is the lowest rated passer over the last three years combined in the league. I think it's 39th out of 39 quarter qualifying passers. But you, see, coaching, supporting cast has been, been shaky at best. He's had no running game. And so it's really difficult to do an evaluation. But I think the point you bring up is excellent. It's the financial part. That's a really big part of this decision, which is Mm. why I think the Jets will lean towards starting fresh with the rookie quarterback contract. Well, what about, Rich, with the kind of a half measure here? Because,
4: and you've written about this, the Jets had a window earlier in this offseason where maybe they could have been aggressive in moving Darnold and try to get a second, third-round pick, whatever. And then a lot of these starting jobs filled up. So his trade market, you would think, is depressed at this point. Wouldn't it just make more sense at this point if you really – you love Zach Wilson, he's your guy. That you decline Darnold's fifth-year option, you keep him in the building, and then maybe have them, you know, actually be in a competition this this summer. And if Darnold is clicking in this offense and all of a sudden he realizes potential, you have a great problem at the end of the season. And if he can't play and he struggles and and Wilson takes over very quickly, yes, Darnold leaves as a free agent, uh, and that's, and you don't get that draft asset, but to me, that's a willing, that's a good gamble to take Then And then you finally get a chance to get that one last evaluation of Darnold in there. And you still get the guy that you see as the future potentially.
2: Well, I do know that there are some people in the building who are in the Darnold camp. And I, I think this coaching staff, I, I've said this before, I think Michael LaFleur and Robert Sala really thinks they can make it work with Sam. Mm. Uh, so you could get the best of both worlds, the way you described it. And in fact, I talked to Josh McCown the other day, and he is he is very close with Sam. They're talking and texting all the time, and he thinks that scenario can work. Um, I personally am not a huge fan of that scenario because in a year, Darnold can walk as a free agent. At least now, if you trade him for maybe a low two or a three, you can get compensation for this year. So that's a another thing. And do you want to saddle? a rookie head coach, Robert Sala with a quarterback controversy. You guys know how we are in New York. Yeah. But if he's good, Rich, if
4: Sala's the real deal, he can handle that. And if he's not the right. real deal, he can't. So I, to me, that, that's not a, a good enough yeah. excuse to not give out a chance. I don't know.
2: I, you know, Sam would win that job. I mean, Sam would be the starter. There's no way a rookie, in spite of all of Sam's struggles, he would be head and shoulders above a rookie coming in. And actually, from Sam Darnold's perspective, I think there is upside to that scenario because he's a free agent a year from now. He has to do whatever he can to improve his value. And I think the Jets would probably afford him the best opportunity to play. Where else is he going to go and be a week one starter? Probably nowhere else. And so if he could increase his free agent value. I would just take the compensation now. I think it's a very awkward situation. Then you're almost putting off the inevitable for a year. You're a 2-14 and 14 team. You have the second pick in the draft. I would try to get that guy in there as quickly as possible. Mm. I would use Miami last year as a model for that. Now, Tua didn't start right away. They you know, what was like week six or seven that they eventually brought him in. And then they took him out and brought him in a little bit. I would do something like that. You're two and 14. You're not going to go to the playoffs this year in all likelihood. And so I think you're prolonging the inevitable by keeping Donald around for a year. One more question, Rich. I have to, I have to
4: ask, I have to ask you to share this with the audience. It's my favorite. You've been covering the team since what, 1990, I believe it was 89. And, uh, uh, and you've been through a lot of dysfunction as a beat reporter covering coaches that were in over their head. And Adam Gase, that era has to stack up uh, against any of them. But the Rich Cotite era for Jets fans of a certain age is still kind of the gold standard with Gase right there. Yeah. Can you please share the um, Keyshawn Johnson hurts his knee in his first rookie camp and you trying to get the scoop on, on yeah. what's going on? And there may be being a Rich Cotite disappearance involved.
2: Yeah, it was actually not – it was the regular season. It wasn't even – rookie. okay. Yeah, it was his rookie year, and so Keyshawn hurts his knee in practice, and they said they were taking him for an MRI. In those days, we had a free run of the place. You know, now there are – this was at Hofstra, by the way, on Long Island – And then reporters could go into the parking lot and talk to players after practice at their cars, which, of course, when Parcells came in, he put everything off limits. So, like (laughs) I mean, this is the star rookie player. So I went outside the locker room, probably late afternoon, 4, 430, and sat outside the locker room for Keyshawn to come back from his MRI. And while I'm sitting there at about five o'clock in the afternoon, Rich Cotite ambles out of the locker room. (laughs) And he's about to step into his Mercedes coupe his really snazzy two door uh, Mercedes. And he goes, uh, he goes, I'll be back in a little bit. I'm just going out to grab a bite to eat. Yeah. I'm like, okay, see you. See you later, Rich. Well, I sat <laughs> on the same stool until about eight or eight 30 until it was dark. And Keyshawn came back. Rich Kotite never came back. <laughs> he was done. He was done. He worked banker's hours as an NFL coach, which we all know is, is unheard of he never came back and I could I, I could vouch for that because I was there the whole time and Keyshawn came back and I got my story even though I waited three or four hours and he did have a, a minor knee injury and I think he had a scope and missed three or four games but uh yeah so and I was later learned that Rich Kotite and actually Boomer Esiason tells a very funny story that Cotite actually kept a car another secret car in the back of the building so he could slip <laughs> out during the day and no one would know he was gone and uh, <laughs> hit the golf course oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's the next level that yeah a next so level. i had one day where he used the uh, front door uh, car and uh <laughs> that was that was part of the rich kotai era
4: yes that's my team everybody um yeah. Rich, uh, thank you for joining us, and I and and I wish you the best. And also, you deserve it. Been on the beat this long to to cover a champion. So, as Rich Beningo uh, is known to say, from my lips to God's ears. Yeah. And the other thing I wish for you is that Carl Lawson or someone else from this draft class gets to the quarterback with regular regularity, so you never again have to write the lead. The Jets haven't had a premier pass rusher since John Abraham left yeah. in two thousand five. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Hey, like nothing more to cover a championship team.
4: All right, great. There he goes. And check out the flight deck. That's Rich Semini's podcast covering the Jets and all of his great work on ESPN.com. Thanks, Rich. Rich. Thank you. All right, yes. Thank you to the great Rich Semini. All that conversation about Sam Darnold and what the Jets are going to do. Well, they made the decision on Monday trading the former number three overall pick, To the Carolina Panthers and head coach Matt Rule. The Jets get three draft picks uh, in return, uh, including a second rounder in 2022. So Sam Darnold heads to the Panthers. Another domino falls there. Teddy Bridgewater was the incumbent in Carolina, and he's either now going to be the backup or be moved elsewhere. You would think... Maybe we'll get into that. And the Jets now, everything is cleared. The runway, as it were, cleared for the Jets, who now have no quarterback in the building, but the number two overall pick, and Zach Wilson will be sitting there. So connect all those dots. That's where this is going. Uh, Mark, your initial thoughts on the trade, Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers.
1: So my initial thoughts are that this doesn't always happen or, or perceived perceptionally seem to happen, but I think both teams... Um, got value. I think the Panthers were in hot water on the Deshaun Watson front, and that's who they wanted. I think they were going to do and sell the moon for that. You get Darnold. Um, they picked up his fifth year option. The Jets got picks. We just talked with Samini that, like, look at if people had wanted Sam Darnold, if there had been some sort of bum rush for Sam Darnold, there would have been more value. But that just wasn't the case. And the Joe Douglas over and over has not been fleeced in deals. Um, they have, I think, 21 draft picks over the next two years. Uh, with seven of them in the the first two rounds. So the Jets are still in good position. I think they cleaned up um, what would have potentially been a little bit messy to have Darnold and Zach Wilson there. I know some people feel differently. But for the Panthers, I love the idea of offensive coordinator Joe Brady um, showing that he can do what Adam Gase and others have not been able to do. And it's a good start, for a fresh start for Sam Darnold on an offense that um, is – in much better, in much better place than the Jets had been the last couple of years. And with that number eight pick, you can go offensive line. You can do what you need to fortify the offense. They went all defense last year, so I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's maybe a two-year window to find out what you have in this guy. And if it works, it's a great story for Sam Darnold.
5: Right, and it could be a one-year window. Even picking up the option, it's only guaranteed for injury only. I'm always surprised teams don't pick up those options because it's not that big of a risk. You're just, you're just hoping it doesn't have a major injury. I love it if I'm you know, Daniel Jeremiah or the people that were banging the drums saying Sam Darnold's one of the best quarterback prospects they've ever seen, um, which so far hasn't looked good. And he is now going to, I think, what's a pretty quarterback friendly system. You know, we were you know, I, I was much higher on Teddy in general than you guys uh last year, but you still could look at the numbers. Like if the floor here is Teddy Bridgewater throwing for four thousand yards and and going up and down the field and and moving the ball like you would think Sam Darnold could do that if if as Danny would say he can play the guitar I don't necessarily think they'll just hand hand him. Uh, the starting job, just because Teddy's do so much guaranteed money that it doesn't make sense to me uh, for them to dump Teddy unless they have a uh, somewhere to dump him, like someone wants him, or an upgrade, which would have been Deshaun Watson. That doesn't look like it's happening now. So I, I kind of expect that both Darnold and Teddy will have a chance here to play, but you would assume Darnold is the favorite.
4: Yeah, I would say Darnold's the heavy favorite, but... We, we'll see how it
5: plays out. It gives them options. And it is the, and we talked but, about it at the top top of the show. What's that? I, I was just going to say, but to be fair, Teddy's played at a higher level, and we've seen it than Sam Darnold ever has, including, Greg, Greg. including in his first couple seasons. I'm just saying. We
1: do, Greg, but the, I mean, everything the Carolina Panthers have said and done this offseason told us they're not Greg, happy he was, yeah. with, with Teddy Bridgewater. He was in the building. Right, but they with gave up Matt a second Rowling. round
5: pick, not not this they, year's pick, though. That's what got it done. Well, they gave up a second round pick, but it's next year's second. You know, that, that's putting a certain value. Uh, you know, that's where Jalen Hurts gets drafted or, or different guys get drafted. Those are not guys you necessarily think are going to be your franchise quarterback. That's all.
4: The reason I think it's clearly Darnold and Carolina is because Matt Rule had Teddy Bridgewater in the building for a year, running his offense with Brady. And clearly, I mean, and they made it very clear as we're, we've been talking about, they weren't thrilled with the results. So I guess they could fall back on Teddy if Darnold disappoints, but um, I would think maybe they're looking for a fresh start just like the Jets, and and for me, it is, I did have a lot invested in Sam Darnold, all Jets fans did, because he was the highest uh, draft pick by the Jets since Joe Namath, and everything pointed to him uh, being uh, the real deal, but, you know, as has been talked about ad nauseum, it was, you know, the circumstances that that he, he was forced into as, as a Jet were unholy it, it was really the between the coaching and the personnel and issues in the front office it felt like he never had a chance so do i have a do i have a fear a deep down that he still can be a really good player and maybe even better than zach wilson in a, a more healthy setup yeah and that's Woo! why i said that's why i said to uh rich i said what what's the harm in keeping him in the building and seeing if he actually can realize that potential Uh, But at the same time, I do trust the process. And I do think that um, if they really do love Zach Wilson uh, and you restart that rookie contract clock and, you know, I heard a lot of people in my mentions on this podcast saying, you're crazy about the Jets even getting a second rounder for Sam Darnold. There are people that believe this guy can play. So the Jets now can get, that's a premium draft pick uh, down the line. And maybe you turn that into something. and, And now you just hope, you hope, that Zach Wilson is a big time player. There is the nuclear um, bomb scenario where Wilson can't play and Darnold becomes a star in Carolina. What, what I want for Sam Darnold <laughs> is for Sam Darnold. And it's not going to be happening, Greg, and you still have Cam Newton as your quarterback. What, what I think is going to happen here is he becomes a mm, rich man. Zandy Dalton is, is Sam Darnold ceiling. And I hope he gets there. And I just hope the jets pick a quarterback uh, doesn't bomb out like the rest of them. It is, as Rich said, it, it, it's it's a fascinating decision, and and there were fans of Darnold in the building for the Jets that wanted to keep him there. They made this decision, and it's a big roll of the dice. Either way, it would have been a big roll of the dice.
1: I mean, the Jets are the first team in the modern era to pick two to pick a, 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 ostensibly a quarterback in in the course of three years in the top three um, to pick two of them. I could have I could have laid it out the a I not the Browns better, never did that. I, well, you I know, can't, it's the first it's thing I thought. Was like, wait, didn't the Browns do that like four times? And like <laughs> right. they, they didn't, but it wasn't top three. That was the difference, you know.
5: Right. It's um, it's worth a shot for the Panthers. I haven't been high on Darnold, so I'm a, I'm of two minds. Like when everyone defends Darnold and puts the context of what he did, I think of you know the the Facebook uh, the social network. When Zuckerberg says to the, you know, the, the Winklevoss twins, like, if you'd invented Facebook, you'd, you'd have invented Facebook. And it's like if Sam Darnold was Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, he would be one of those guys. Like, you would overcome your surroundings. Um, but does he have a higher upside than what he's shown? Of course. And so I kind of think it makes sense for the Panthers because I'm always banging the drum that when you don't have a quarterback, you should just keep taking swings. Like, stop being so precious about it. Like, take a million s- swings. You don't know uh, which is going to stick. You you only had to give up next year's, you know, second round pick and, and a fourth and a sixth. So it's not it's not a crazy uh high pick to give up and you get to evaluate him for Unless a year Arnold or two. <laughs> Unless he stinks.
4: Unless he stinks, then that's a nice second round pick. It's right. there's 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 a bit of a gamble here. And, and it tells you how what a the Deshaun Watson situation, how that's changed so much and how it's led to the dominoes falling in a different way, because I really it feels like Watson was uh, there was a tractor being pointing towards Charlotte with him, and they they had to scramble and adjust.
1: You have to call the Panthers in terms of the overall off season chase for a quarterback. I put them in the losers bracket because that what they were shooting for was so high, and they're not sitting down at twenty eighth in the draft. They have the eighth pick, but there's just too many other teams with the Niners trade that have crept ahead of them, and they're in a bit of a fix. So yeah, this is this is a potentially good. Um, scenario for them but it's no home run it's like we're waiting to see in year four if Sam Darnold is actually as good as everyone's been saying he is isn't
4: it like Teddy all over again a different circumstances but they that's what it was last year for the Panthers we know Teddy yeah. Bridgewater's has never really proven that he was a real franchise quarterback but we believe in his potential and it didn't work out now it's Darnold's turn to be in that role under Matt Rule
5: it is disappointing. I think you're right. The Watt, that I hadn't thought about the Watson news. Maybe that informed the 49ers trade, maybe it didn't. But either way, the combination of the Watson Um, News that's been that we've talked about and the 49ers trade had to leave the Panthers thinking they're not getting who they want at eight, or it's going to be tough to trade up. Like, because I was thinking they still were a candidate to trade up to four or five, they didn't, it wouldn't have had to go too far. Uh, But now, now that they know it's going one, two, three at quarterback, Jets are taking Wilson, 49ers will take who they want. That it's like they got to have another option because they clearly Teddy was not enough for them. It's too bad.
4: Uh, it's too bad. It's 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 too bad with Darnold too. I really, oh man, I really wanted that to work. And but it is exciting at the same time um, when you watch this Zach Wilson footage. Now it's time to buy into another quarterback, <laughs> buy into another jersey for my sons. It's the, the, it, it goes on and on and on, the search for the true successor to Joe Namath. All right, before we go, you know we're we're in the uh, off season here. Kind of. It is, the Greg, you pointed it out on text this morning. It's definitely uh, a bit of a a dead area when you get out of the free agency fund and before the draft really hits uh, fever pitch. That's where we are right now,
5: right? No pro days. No more signings. The phantom owners meetings or the talk about that was, in theory, last week. That was the 17th. Yeah, it's as quiet as there is three weeks in a row on the NFL schedule except for July, I would say. That's the only time that's quieter um and i bark <laughs> did you hear about this talk that they're going to
4: potentially i don't think this is written down yet uh for any of the teams that aren't involved with the hall of fame game um or i think the thursday night opener uh, everyone's going to launch the same day and it might be a blowout like for, uh training camp open spectacular midnight madness kind of thing yeah midnight oh, well, madness Are you excited of course about that there will
1: be that
5: we're gonna put that. we're gonna put Mark out by uh, the Rams facility as it opens <laughs> at 6 a.m. Live on the scene. <laughs> own the I, month, I Mark. you know own that I'm a,
1: I find the Rams a little spicier at this point um, than, than in years past. But I, Dan is absolutely um, on point with that. It's going to be treated like you know uh, we've we've landed on Mars and started a new colony. We'll be treated with that level of groundbreaking um, verb. Got to own July.
4: Um, but I wanted to see since since it's been a little quieter. What are you guys into? And Ricky, jump on right now. What's the pop culture uh, that that you're into? I'll start. I I watched a movie on Netflix and I needed a laugh. We all need a laugh, um, even as things in, in the COVID world get better. But it's you know been a tough 12 months uh, on a lot of levels. Uh, Bad Trip, Eric Andre. That movie absolutely destroyed me, slayed me. And full disclosure, I've met him a couple times. He was in Bob, my friend Bob. Uh, in Jason's movie a few years back he He's a very nice guy And I've always loved the Eric Andre show On Adult Swim um, It's absurdist uh, brilliance And he took like the elements of What makes that show uh, Funny and great mm. And then somehow tied it to a narrative structure On so, I mean it's not Citizen Kane But like there's an actual movie Connected to his uh, The Eric Andre greatness uh, For people that are fans of him And there are scenes in that Ricky And I know you, it sounds like you watched it that had me uh, laughing my arse off. <laughs> oh,
3: so good! And so Tiffany I, Haddish, I mean, she killed it. Her best She's work. Awesome. Yeah, mm, She's awesome.
5: I um, I do uh, another podcast, as you guys know, the Jessel Nick and Rosenthal Vanity Project, and that was Anthony. We do recommendation station every week, and that was his recommendation last week. So this is back to oh, back. There you go. Podcasts mm, I've been on, and he gave it a hard recommend, and he's a He's uh, a tough judge for sure on the comedy. By the way, we have a live show on Tuesday night. Listeners should check out for tickets <laughs> on that. How about that? While well, we're here, wasn't How planning. Comfortable Greg is pitch.
4: He's plugging himself. Just, Why not? just own it, Why Greg. Not? It's cool. Let's do He'll it. Be happy. That's um, a, where is it? Where is it?
5: I mean, no, no, it's not in person. It's just like a Zoom uh, show uh, where you can you uh, can pay um, okay. to, to watch it. It's like a, a and, special and show. And I
1: assume Ricky would
5: be. Oh yeah, she, center? she's nice. a big. She's a huge yeah. part of it. You're making them pay for it? We're making them pay for it as just, you know, a special little uh, different show. You know, you can talk with us afterwards. It's good. Dan, Uh, do you think Greg would ever do that for free?
2: uh, (laughs) Um, How much does it
1: cost? How much does
4: it cost for people to watch you on a video screen? $15.
3: Fifteen dollars. This
5: will be you'll appreciate this. Fifteen dollars for the normal uh show, which will be longer than normal. Um, but you can for seventy five you can oh, uh, get no. VIP tickets and stay like an oh. extra hour and ask questions and stuff. Oh no. How yeah. many and people it, have snatched up the seventy five dollar tickets? A surprising amount of people have, have bought it. There I would I too had nothing I had nothing to do with uh, setting all this all up. I was like, What really? Are you Let's giving Ricky a cut of the proceeds? Of course. Of course.
4: Right. Well, I got your back, Ricky. Love you. Don't let them push
5: you. Um, yeah. I'm going to recommend, I'm just going to jump in and do um, the latest season of Last Chance You, just because I feel like our listeners, maybe there's some crossover here. They did basketball this year, and it was uh, East LA. I know I've given a lot of Last Chance You love on this show. You really have.
4: You're a big fan of it. I this
5: know, show. but because I, I do think it's one of the better like documentary documentary shows like showing a certain slice of life right now out there. Like It's really well done. Mm. Um, and this time it was a basketball team. It was East L.A. Uh, so there's a little bit of an L.A. vibe having this awesome season. And somewhat of a spoiler alert, you know, the it's last season. So the world, obviously, with COVID um, infringes by the end. But, man, the, the characters and just how they do it is really compelling to me. Like, to me, it's a good – if you love sports, like – it's partly why I, I it makes me like love sports more because it's the people that are really doing it for like mm. the love of the of the game and you see what they go through to try what, to get to their dreams.
4: I'm behind on that show. I haven't watched it. So like, where would be a good jump in season? <laughs> I think
5: it? the bat. This one is the first time it's a basketball season. It's a totally different vibe because of that. But I think this would be a good one to jump in. All
1: with. right, good to know. I'm writing it down, Mark. Um, so I know I'm supposed to pop culture suggests it needs to be something that has been created recently so I will give you um, one thing in that category you know when you're you're married it's this tough better to find. not be Mandalorian season
3: and No. why did defi- you tweet last night that animals are not from earth like are you okay
1: no I was just sort of <laughs> thinking that there's po- there's a possibility <laughs> that that's true another big social weekend social
4: media weekend for Mark I really Wait, enjoyed why, it, what
5: you, unpack that I hadn't seen that um <laughs> What's the, how do you, How is that possible, do you think? First of all, I'm not cons-
1: convinced that everything that's on Earth, our planet, originated on Earth. Um, this isn't a strong theory based on... I've had some biologists coming at me saying that's an absurd thing that you wrote, and I agree that it probably sounds absurd, but... It's a little um,
4: flat-earther in its own way.
1: No, I but, don't believe in that theory. I just think that yeah. there are various life beings that maybe came from somewhere or something else. And if it were all animals, I'd be like, Hmm, that kind of makes sense to me. Uh, It also makes no sense. So, uh, you know, that's not my pop culture reference though.
5: Animals are underrated though. I mean, they are amazing. We've just been watching live cams of animals. There's another recommendation. Uh, there's a good critter cam out there. And I got to say like, it's, it's better than TV. Like we just have it on in the background. It's pretty fascinating. So, uh, I don't know if they're coming from other planets, but I'm into it.
4: We have a ring camera or whatever in our backyard. And, uh, Emily has it set up to get. Don't worry, Mark. We're getting to your pop culture. No, I'm on it. It has it set up for like notifications whenever there's movement, and there's like an entire family reunion uh, of raccoons, like every night, just chilling out there on the couch and crawling on things. And it's just like, guys, uh. can we can we have some respect for the property? <laughs> I'm a homeowner now. i don't I don't want to, have to shoot you. I don't want to have to put you in a cage or get an exterminator. just like show some respect. prints on my outdoor furniture.
5: Critter vision has a lot of raccoons too. it's got it's got deers, possums, stuff like that. but crit, you know raccoons are weird because they stand on their hind legs and then they use their two hands kind of like humans and there's something yep. a little freaky about. Them.
1: i I don't agree that all animals are underrated though, Greg. Some are definitely getting a little too much attention.
4: Or properly rated. All right, Mark, right. your pop culture. So issue. I was just
1: going to mention, I think it's sometimes, sometimes like what I would go watch on my own and what Simone would go watch would be two different shows. So when we can Venn diagram that and find um, a show that we like, it's very successful. And we've been watching the show Ginny and Georgia, um, which is essentially like a mom that had...
3: Is that Katherine Heigl?
1: No, I don't know the names of the people in it, oh. but... um, I'll, she, I'll help you out with that. Yeah, she right. had a daughter when she was like 15, but now the daughter is 15 and the mom is 30 and... It's there, you know, she's not ready to be, she's not happy that she's 30 with a like probably, you know, no love life and stuff. So, anyways, it takes some twists and turns, but we've enjoyed it. But, but the thing I really want to want to mention um, is this film that I watched recently from 1977, directed by Paul Schrader, called Rolling Thunder. Um, this is hard to find, but there are one or two little services out there that have it. It was, it has a yo- very young Tommy Lee Jones and William Devane, Whoa. who William Devane is someone that. I think no one would be like, oh, I get that. I know who that is. But if you go and look at the actor in his face, you're like, I've seen, if you're of a certain age, you've seen him in a thousand different things.
4: He was the junk ball starter for Major League. He was awesome in that. And he, exactly. was, he was the head coach in Rudy.
1: Exactly. So he, everything yeah. he does, he does well. And this is um, raw, late 70s cinema about um, these guys returning from Vietnam. And it goes totally haywire. It is listed as one of Tarantino's top five films. Interesting. And within 10 minutes of watching it, it made it so clear the influence that he had on him and other genre cinema in general. So, um, it's not for everyone. I don't think it's a pack a minute at the mall or show it to your nine-year-old type of film. Uh, but you could show it to yourself if you so, so pleased. Mm.
4: I, I have to apologize. The coach and Rudy was not William Devane. Okay. I think it was like Dan Devine. So close, so close. <laughs> Ricky, um, so he also, he was not the junk ball pitcher in Major League <laughs> right, I either, but gonna, but Well, in, I was like,
5: wow, that face guy's got range if he but went from like, really Devine. serious acting to uh, he, to that guy because <laughs> I remember that guy and he was a goofball. <laughs>
4: um, anyway, um, Ricky, your pop culture recommendation. Yeah, I, I think bet. I messed that up again too. So I'm g- I'm going to circle back around on the Div- Divine issue. Go William ahead, William Devane,
1: uh, just for your reference.
3: Um. Yeah, the Demi Lovato doc. She released her own documentary. Um, it's on YouTube. It's for free. There's only four episodes, and it talks about her overdose. Um, and all the kind of stuff she went through. And like, I remember following it in pulp, pop, you know, pop culture and everything. But to actually hear what actually happened, like her friends are like, oh, we're really talking about it. Like she was pretty much legally blind when she woke up. She was blue when they found her like heroin, all wow. this kind of stuff. Like I had no idea how bad yeah, it was. Spoiler alert. Well, that's it's in the it's just it's her public be- record. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it even shows her singing at the Super Bowl <laughs> in Miami, the national anthem, and sort of her coming back to life uh literally and sort of wow. her career and it was it was really really chilling, but then also to be like, oh, we were there at that Super Bowl. That was the last one before, you know, we were all locked inside. But I remember people on Twitter being like, oh, my gosh, look at Demi. Totally killed the national anthem when, you know, she's gone through all this stuff. And I didn't really know because I, I, like, followed it. But it, like, wasn't super, like, didn't keep me up at night. I'm not, like, a huge Demi Lovato fan. But it was really, really, really heartbreaking and powerful and worth a watch.
4: Very good. Yeah, I uh, I want to see that. Thank you for reminding me. I'm marking that as
5: well. Last chance. You, um, you're not going to be March watching Rolling Thunder picture. anytime. Rolling Thunder. I, I is definitely I'd predict in the mix. that will not be. I'd watch. I mean. I'd watch a little Rolling Thunder. I like. I like that Paul Schrager movie he just released uh, with Ethan Hawke. I guess it was a few years ago. First Reformed. You know, Schrager's got some bombs. The it did one with Bradley
1: Stanellis too.
5: The junk ball hurler in Major League. Uh, the character was
4: Eddie Harris. The same actor played Dan Devine, head coach of Notre Dame and Rudy, but the actor's name is Chelsea Ross. So there you <laughs> go. Now you got everything you need to know. Not Mark's actor, not even close to the same name, but a coach that he played in a movie has a similar name to that real person's name.
1: Nailed it.
5: That's well, fascinating. That's why you're the host, just circling back <laughs> on these big issues.
4: Um, all right. That's it. For uh, today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast, we'll be back Thursday uh, with another episode of the pod, and then the TV show is back once again on Friday on NFL Network. Please check that out. Um, but until then, this is Dan Hansel until Thursday, I should say, uh, signing off for the Quiet Storm, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood. Heat the call.
0: begins.